Hi, this is Carmen. And this is Lily. And welcome to the Murder Show. (laughs) Okay, okay. so I can get mine over way. <laughs> okay. Haha, <laughs> good job. <laughs> okay, so the case that I'm doing, the reason why I chose it is because I'm pretty positive that you don't know it. And okay. I'm pretty positive that even if you do kind of know something about it, you don't know all the details. So I want to be telling it to you for the first time. The second reason Ooh, why excited. <laughs> the second reason why I chose this case is because it's a current event. It just happened last month, um, six weeks ago. So and oh, dang. It, it also happened in Spain. So since I'm living here now, I was I was interested in the cases from here because when I was living in the US, I didn't really know too much about international cases. And so I wanted to do yeah. some from Spain, um, just so to give some variety and to give some light onto some international cases. And then, for sure, I remember when yeah. I was like studying abroad, I only listened to my favorite murder, and it was like in the mm. beginning, so it was all U.S. Right. cases. But it made me like not scared because nothing happened in Italy. I thought, right. but I think if I started looking into crime in Italy, I would have been like freaking out. I think so, and I don't know if like. <laughs> I haven't really looked at the statistics, so I'm not sure. I would, based on my instinct, I think that the U.S. just does have more crime. But we have to remember that it does happen everywhere. So, and then the third reason why I wanted to do this is that this is actually being currently investigated, and it's being investigated as a hate crime um, against uh, an LGBT individual. And so I wanted to look more into this because I think that us as a society in general and me definitely for sure have kind of become I don't know if complacent is the right word but like being on TikTok being on social media you kind of get the feeling that being gay is being is super accepted being transgender is super accepted but out in the real world it's still very dangerous to be out as one of those things and so um I just wanted to shed some light on that that it's very dangerous if you're going to be gay still to be out in the world so my sources for this case were mostly El País, which is the main Spanish newspaper. I also got things from The Guardian and Wikipedia, of course. Okay, so. <laughs> we love our wiki. <laughs> oh my gosh, don't worry. I checked the sources at the bottom. <laughs> okay, so I just want to go through the history of LGBT, LGBT rights in Spain and the history of the LGBT community in Spain. So, okay, great. The uh, LGBT rights in Spain have undergone several changes throughout the last couple decades. And as of this decade, Spain is considered one of the most culturally liberal and LGBT-friendly countries in the entire world. Madrid and Barcelona are known to be very LGBT-friendly. Places like Ibiza and the Canary Islands are hotspots for gay culture. And in general, there it's just a place of flourishing for gay media, gay culture. It's a very present part in Spanish TV and music. 
Um, but it wasn't all. I don't think I knew that. Right. It, it definitely is like. I think just like my connotation is like Franco and definitely. very religious. Definitely. And that's, that's the history. So it hasn't always been super friendly to the LGBT community. Um, like you just said, it has a, Spain has a long history of very strict Catholicism. And more recently, Franco's dictatorship in the mid 20th century was super conservative and being gay was actually illegal. So obviously it was a very dangerous place for members of the LGBT community. However, when Franco died, the entire country went through an entire liberalization and they went through this cultural movement called La Movida. And part of this cultural movement was a focus on sex and our liberalization on sex. And so being gay was uh, starting to be more accepted in 1979. It, it was made legal again to be gay and engage in homosexual activity. And from then on, Spain became very, very progressive on LGBT issues. They recognized um, cohabitation between sex, same-sex couples countrywide very early in the 1990s, when in a lot of countries... That was not even something to think about. And they also, uh, they banned discrimination in employment regarding sexual orientation since 1995. So that's pretty early to ban discrimination. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And make discrimination illegal. Right. And then Spain legalized same-sex marriage and legalized the adoption rights for same-sex couples in 2005, which was 10 whole years before the U.S. did that. That's insane. And I think Canada was even only 2006. Something like that. They have been very, very progressive with these types of laws um, ever since Franco's death. Um, they can even, they have been able to donate blood since 2005. They can serve in the military, right? When the U.S. was practicing don't ask, don't tell, Spain had open openly gay military members, was very proud to have gay military members, everything like this. And the, Wow, this is something I really didn't know. That's right. so interesting. It's very interesting when you think of how traditional and Catholic Spain has been historically. And this is a very recent thing. This is just in the last 40 years. And the Pew Research Center actually did a study in 2013 Um when they surveyed 39 countries about their attitude towards homosexuality and their results uh, had Spain as the most LGBT friendly country out of those 39 countries based on the questions they asked. More than 90% of oh, Spanish wow. citizens said that they accept homosexuality. So it's fair to say that Spain has come a long, long way in regards to LGBT rights and LGBT culture and acceptance. However, that brings us to just last month, um, where right after, so June was Pride Month, and then in July, the first two days of July, uh, I guess that this hidden homophobia in Spain was kind of revealed. So I'm going to talk about this young gay man this young Spanish man for a second. So his name is Samuel Luis. And he was actually born in Brazil to a Brazilian father, but his mother was Spanish. So at the age of one, 
the whole family moved back to Spain. And they moved to the region of A Coruña, which is in the community of Galicia in the northwestern part of Spain. This area is super beautiful. It looks pretty much exactly like the way you picture Ireland. It's super green. It's super lush. It's gorgeous right by the ocean with the Atlantic, lots of seafood, really good culture there. And so Samuel grew up in this really gorgeous area with his parents. He was an only child, so he was completely beloved by his parents. And he grew up knowing that he wanted to help others. He actually, interestingly for Spain, grew up in an evangelical Christian congregation, going to evangelical church, which is, I would say, on the rarer side, maybe not for the U.S., but for Spain, if you are religious, usually you would be Catholic. So uh, he grew up pretty religious. Yeah, I didn't realize there were evangelical people, and even in like Europe, I can't imagine I, it. I feel like everyone's just Catholic. I, I honestly thought the same thing, and when I was doing research, I was like, huh? Like, I would, did not think that that was the thing at all. But I guess uh, his dad was part of this congregation back in Brazil. And so they had found, okay. they had found a small community uh, in Spain with it. And so he always grew up wanting to help people. He volunteered for the Red Cross. And when he graduated high school, he immediately went to school studying to be a nursing assistant. And so he wanted to work in healthcare. Working in healthcare is a really big thing in Spain. It's a really good job. And he just wanted to help people. And so he actually ended up working in a nursing home and was also oh, at the same. That's so nice. Yeah. But also super hard work. And at the same time, he was going to school to be a, like a dentist, not exactly a dentist, but maybe a dental hygienist or working in oral surgery, some, like something like that. I couldn't find exactly what, but he wanted to work in dentistry. Um, but at the time, he was working in a nursing home, and I can't even imagine how hard that must have been during the pandemic. I'm not – it doesn't say too much if he – about his experiences, but I can just think I'm that – I'm sure, it, because you – no matter what, you start connecting with people and just, like, if right. you're there, if you have – he sounds like he has a heart where he just wants to help people. Yeah. And then, like, to have that happen and have to see that is very traumatizing, I would imagine. I, I can only imagine. And especially as a young person, I mean, at this point, he was – this year, he was 24. So he is our age. Or he, oh, wow. Right. Um, and he was, you know, just a normal young person living his life. And during the pandemic – so Spain this summer pretty much just got – rid of their COVID restrictions. Um, this was a gradual thing. And in different parts of Spain, it happened at different times. So in the community that he is from, Galicia, they, I guess, did it pretty late, especially compared to where I was in Madrid. They had just reopened um, like the bars and the clubs in the 1st of July. So, oh, wow. Right. And you still couldn't go out to a nightclub and dance, um, but you there was a, a little bit more freedom. And you can go to the bar and hang out with your friends and get drinks. And so Samuel decided on the second night that restrictions were lifted on July 2nd that he wanted to go out with his friends in Acoruño City. 
So he's 24 at the time. I mean, I'm sure that we can relate. Like you feel like you've wasted some of your youth during the pandemic. And, you know, I don't blame young people for just wanting to go out and get drunk. Right. So he wants to go out with his friends and he wants to have a good time. So him and his friends decide to go to a nightclub called El Anden. And they have a, a great night drinking and going out. And then around at 2.45 in the morning, after having a fun time, Samuel steps outside of the club for a smoke or to talk. And he decides that he's going to video call his other friend that didn't go out with them. Um, to tell her how much fun they're having. And then the next time that they're going to go out, she should definitely come with them. And oh, that's so nice. Right. I feel like that's what we would do to each other. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, of course, like it's been a while since any of them have probably gone out together. And so he decides why he wants to talk to his other friend and he's rotating his phone around to show his friend where they're at showing them the front of the club. And this club is actually by the ocean. So I can, probably assumed that he wanted to show her the ocean at night too. And while he's on the phone with her, showing her around, uh, there's a couple that walks by, a woman and a man, and they see Samuel and they see him kind of waving his phone back and forth. And they believe that he's filming them. And I... I'm not really sure how it escalated. There's not too much information, but according to a witness, immediately the, the man in the couple walks up to Samuel and says, you will either stop filming us or I'll kill you. And trigger warning for a slur in English, the slur would be faggot. Um, in Spanish, the slur is maricón. And this is a really evil slur to say to someone. And yeah, that's awful. Right. So I guess it was a misunderstanding. I'm not sure. But Samuel uh, allegedly replied, why are you calling me that? And he didn't even have time to explain himself um, before the man punches him in the face and starts beating him. And at this point, there's some people around them uh, by the ocean on this boardwalk by the clubs. And some of the people are these two immigrants from Senegal who work selling things on the boardwalk and they, they risk their lives pretty much to intervene into this initial fight because they were also getting punched by this guy and, but they're trying to separate get, hit the guy off of him. Get yeah, the guy off of him. This guy Right. So doing this, there's makes no sense. It's it apparently it's happened for no reason. Right. Apparently it happened super fast and out of nowhere. Um and so it, it sounds like this guy has major anger issues. Right, exactly. And that he isn't in control of himself because just because someone videoed you, you can't go up and say, I'll kill you. Right. Like, terrible word. Right. Like that And also That is like the worst part of ew. I there's ugh. We'll get into the suspects later, but yeah, there's some sketchy things going on there. So anyway, they were super brave to try to intervene and they were actually successful at breaking up this fight. However, um, so after this altercation, Samuel realizes that his phone is gone. He doesn't know that if during the whole thing he accidentally threw it somewhere or he dropped it or something. 
So he turns to his friend that he's out there smoking with, and he asks her to maybe look for his phone while he, I don't know, tries to take a breath or something. While she's away looking for the Okay, wait. So she, he had a he had a girlfriend outside with Yes. Him. He had a girlfriend outside with but him. But she couldn't break up the fight. I think that she was Obviously. I think she tried or was a little bit nervous or wasn't strong enough. Um I mean, yeah, this guy, this crazy guy is coming at your friend and you're just a, like Right. Not just a girl. There's girls that are badass, but if it, that was me, I am like literally so weak. I yeah. could not do anything about of it. Of course. Also, I think she's in I would shock. try. I would like be dirty, but I right. mean, also don't know how you're going to react in that situation. Like, what are you supposed to do? I mean, I'm speculating, but I can uh, I can suspect that maybe she's in shock with how fast this situation has turned. Especially, violent. yeah, if it happens in like a blink of an eye, right? Yeah. Especially when you're not expecting that. Like, you're just drunk and out with your friends. Exactly, like. exactly. So, anyway, she goes to potentially look for the phone i mean maybe they're going to call the police or something they don't have i don't know what they have also who's on the remember that he's still on the phone on video call so imagine how scared the friend is on video call probably being thrown and she's looking into i don't know the dark sky so just worried about your friend exactly so this friend goes to look for it while he kind of picks himself up and within that very very short time as she goes uh the attacker the man actually returns with others to back him up and they start why what is the point what is the point i i have no idea we can get into the the motives i guess but anyway so this is a description from one of the witnesses to police the man tried to escape on a number of occasions He fell and got up as many as three times. He managed to cross the street, but they caught up with him again and carried on beating him. There were a lot of people, men and women, and they didn't assault him, but they cheer, they did cheer on those who were beating him until Samuel fell to the floor and didn't get up. So. Obviously, there is cheering them on. Yes, this is like the worst of society. Yes, like your animal instinct. That's disgusting. There was obviously some like mob mentality going on that was really concerning, and more. And they say that well, witnesses state that they saw up to twelve people kicking him to the ground at once, and. So eventually the beating takes place over for over 15 minutes, just continuous beating for 15 minutes. And there is no source on what happened, but I suppose that maybe the friend ended up getting the phone and maybe calling an ambulance or security eventually was able to get an ambulance. I'm not sure why it had to take 15 long minutes um, also, there. How many people are standing outside? Exactly. Every single person was cheering. No one wanted to call well, the police. I have no idea, but it, it just to, it, to me it seems like way, way too long for like an ambulance could have been way. there or police could have been there way faster than that. So it's so crazy, and it's not like in America where people get worried about the money. Get calling an ambulance, right? Like it's free and of course, and I'm just confused as to why the mom mentality would go towards the aggressor rather than the victim but 
Yeah, I'm not sure. So it's co it's co- quarantine has made people crazy. Yeah. Oh my god, like this makes me want to stay inside. Uh, it's scary out there. I mean, I I I don't know if it's like it was alcohol fueled, but I mean, I don't want to speculate. Uh, but alcohol never helps. I mean, if yeah. it's two forty five in the morning too. Like yeah. you're very wasted if you're still out. Uh, probably nine times out of ten. Yeah, but. Anyway, so the ambulance eventually comes and takes Samuel to the hospital. Um, but unfortunately, while there, he does die from his injuries, which is super sad. Young 24-year-old, only child of his parents, bright future in front of him. And so it's just... And he just wanted to help people. It's just... Right. It's absolutely heartbreaking um, that it can happen so fast as well. And within 15 minutes of he was out there having a good time and... The way that his night just completely changed is heartbreaking. Um, but what's interesting as we get into this is that the aftermath of this case is just insane. So um, a couple of days later, this was three days later, the police publicly stated that while they could not disregard the hypothetical motive of a homophobic hate crime, they weren't saying that it was a hate crime yet. And they were actually kind of denying that it was. They didn't want to say flat out that it was. According to investigators, the group of strangers wouldn't have known that Samuel was gay. Um, and that they were saying that the motive was just the misunderstanding about the filming on the phone. However, the friend with Samuel has stated uh, to police and has stated on Twitter that she was hearing the homophobic slurs being said. So it's something to consider, of course. Um, so while the crowd was cheering, do you know if they were like cheering those slurs? It, they, it, no one has said that. There's no information that they've said that. So that's why I, I guess it kind of gets tricky because. So was the club like a gay club at all or was it no, just. No, it was like, just a normal club. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, but also, if there is a homophobic, if there's a homophobic slur said, you have to take that into consideration, which I guess the police were, but it definitely needs to be taken right. into consideration. 100%. It sounds like this guy had something out for him from the get go. Yeah. It wasn't just because he was reco- thought he recorded him. There's no reason to kill someone because you someone's phone is pointed at you. There's exactly ulterior motive below that or bias. I think so as well, because you don't go that aggressive, right? Maybe you yell at someone if you think they're filming you or something, but I, I agree with you. I think there's an ulterior motive for sure. Um, so anyway, that same day on July 6th, the police arrest three people, two male and one female. So, they are the couple and then another man that was brought by the original attacker to assist him. And none of the arrested subjects had previous criminal records. Um, and then in the following days, three more suspects were arrested. So this was a big group attack. Really, really sad. Um, wow. It's nice. It's, I mean, at least they're finding the people though. I don't know if it was recorded and that's how they're finding people or is it just I think that if there was a recording, it would definitely be out on the internet, which is not, um, it might've been good to have that recording because like I said, their witnesses said that there were at least 12 people beating him at one time. And I think as of now, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, six people arrested 
So it obviously more people were involved than have been arrested, which is disturbing. I don't know if this is like from my American lens, obviously, but I would imagine if there was a crowd, someone would have been recording if this was in like LA or in America. Right. Is it just like, I don't know if it's culturally different, like different kind of phones or... I, that's such a good question because I would assume the same thing. I really don't know because I would just assume that if there was a video, it would be out there. I'm not sure if police maybe seized a video if there is one or, yeah. or gosh, I really don't know. As of now, there's nothing out on the internet, um, to see, but who knows what people are maybe hiding on their phones. It's very possible. Especially if they're featured in it or something and they're like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. Right. I'm not. Yeah. Right. So, uh, as of now, six people are arrested. Uh, four of them are of age and two of them are actually under age. One is 16 and one is 17. So their names haven't been released. I really don't want to spend too much time on the people that beat Samuel because I just don't think they deserve too much of my breath, but all of them pretty much have a history of being aggressive, being kicked out of bars for aggressive behavior, but flying under the radar as far as police goes. No one, none of the bar owners or security guards ever reported them, even though they had a history of being aggressive and getting into street fights and things like this. One of the suspects actually got into a street fight the day after killing Samuel before he was arrested. So these people obviously are looking for violence in my Get opinion. Get a fucking life. Like, don't go out to drink and just start fights. That's what it what definitely is, seems like. One is allegedly part of one of the local gangs and things like this. So... I think if you get drunk and start fights, you're an alcoholic right. and you shouldn't drink. Right. So all of them have a history of being aggressive, which I think leads us, my opinion, well, it leads us into the debate is, is this a hate crime? Which based on my personal opinion of their backgrounds, I'm going to say yes, because if you have a history of being aggressive and targeting people, then... It's not just, oh, this accident, I punched him, whatever. No, you were trying to legitimately hurt this person for a specific reason. I also think that, put, like, they could slide, like, no, I always fight people. It's not just because he's gay. It's like, mm. no, but you went so far and killed him because he was gay. Right. Like, maybe the other people you fight, they didn't end up dead. Right. Because, but that's... He, but you had to Samuel take Samuel ended up dead right. because he was gay. You had to take it the extra You took it part. that extra yeah, step. Absolutely. I think you're totally right. Um, so there was this debate right after, like I said, police insisted that it was the misunderstanding over the phone. Um, however, the friend specifically said to the police that they were using homophobic slurs. Um, and so this actually prompted immediate, immediate widespread response, um, from LGBTQ plus groups across Spain in the days after the attack. And it also led to public statements by Spanish politicians and ministers against hate crimes. Um, and it's interesting though. So one reason why there is even debate about this is because that they had interviewed, uh, Samuel's father and apparently that Samuel wasn't completely out to his father. Um, he is allegedly completely out with his friends, 
but maybe his father was a little bit more uncomfortable with his son being gay. And so every single time that someone tried to have the evangelical a Christian, right? I'm not saying that that every evangelical Christian is like that, but you can say that it might be a pattern in certain evangelical Christian households. Definitely. And so I, it says that every single time that Samuel would try to have a conversation with his father about being gay, it did not continue to the extent of it being confirmed with his father. It was kind of like an uncomfortable conversation. And so actually in interviews, his father has stated that he doesn't want the murder of his son to be used as a flag or as a symbol of the fight against homophobia. Um, and so that's why there's some debate about it being a hate crime, because some people are using this as evidence to say that someone wasn't actually gay. Uh, so that's interesting. That I, I that is so not fair. I to him. I don't think it's fair to him either. And I personally, knowing young people's relationship with their friends, I'm going to trust the friends more. Especially when it's something like that, especially if your family is more traditional. Right. You don't want it to affect your relationship. And it's, I've never had to come out. Mm -hmm. I have so much privilege just by being straight. Right. And I can only imagine how hard that would be with your family, especially as an only child. Right. It, It must be so hard. Like, I mean, even, even with his father's maybe denial or... Uh, not wanting his son to become a symbol of the LGBT movement. He does anyway. So someone quickly becomes the newest symbol of, of LGBT violence in Spain. And it ignites all of these LGBT communities to protest and to fight for basic rights. And the, they actually had protests in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, at least seven major Spanish cities and in many towns as well. And demonstrators carried signs with slogans saying, your homophobia is killing us. And they also carried signs saying, what they call you while they kill you matters, which I think is is such a good point for this case and, and sheds light on the debate. And the president of one of the main LGBT foundations in Spain, the NGO Triangulo Foundation. Um, Jose Maria Nunez says that this event has really just ignited the movement in Spain again. He says that this has shaken something up. It's been a collective wake-up call that young people are saying they're not going to accept anymore. They're not going to tolerate another assault. They, They see it as the straw that broke the camel's back. And that's because after this event, there has been an outpouring of stories of other young members of the LGBT community sharing their story, the violence that they went to, went through, but didn't say anything. And so there has been, Twitter has just blown up after the last month. And this is also right after Pride. And, and Spain is very famous. They have hosted like the global Pride Parade in 2007 and they have like some of the biggest pride parades in the world. And so this is literally two days after pride month. And so social media has just exploded with, instead of being, Oh, I'm so proud. They're sharing their really horrific experiences. People have been sharing their horrific experiences because they're gay. And so one person shares 
I was a victim of a homophobic assault. I was surrounded by five people, three guys and two girls. They came up behind me. They pushed me, surrounded me, and the guys were encouraged by the girls to punch me twice in the face. They said, mess up the face of that fag, or in Spanish, it would be medicon, trigger warning for the, for the slur. But this really has just brought up a new look into what is supposed to be the super progressive and LGBT friendly country and showing, shedding light on the reality of that we can be so progressive and have these laws in place, you know, gay marriage in place, all these things. And it can still be very, very dangerous to be gay. And this killing um, made international headlines in Europe and America. And Sam Smith, Beyonce and Ricky Martin shared the story on their social media. So I hope that it gets more uh, coverage. It's really great that celebrities are sharing it, but I really hope it gets more coverage because I think we really take to grant, take for granted. Um, we think that we live in a super safe and progressive society and yet you can just exist and be a victim of a hate crime. And, and so, yeah, that's Samuel's story. I hope that he is remembered uh, for such a caring person that he was and it's pretty sad but um i'm glad at least i hope he gets justice uh there's going to be trials for the suspects obviously they are arrested and so we can keep you updated on that yeah for sure we'll keep you updated i mean it's so sad for his family and mm-hmm. for everyone and it's it is crazy how it sparked a conversation where people feel like no, this isn't just a one-time thing. Mm. Like, this is happening in our country, and it needs to get – like, we need to figure this out because it's not okay. Definitely. I Is there, like, a hashtag people are using? Uh, I'm not sure. It has – I read an article on El País that it's just exploding on Twitter, but I'm not aware of any hashtag. But if I do find one, I can definitely post it in the episode notes. Yeah, for sure. I mean – it, it's so crazy. That's so crazy that that's happening now. And I think it's kind of time, like, it need, there needs to be a reckoning if there's this many people are being affected by that in Spain. Right. I just think that we, it just shows you that, the, you know, the struggle is never over. The fight is never over. People are vulnerable. And if you are of a minority community, then your rights need to be constantly protected because you're this close to being in danger or being so close to have them taken away from you. Yeah, 100%. That, I mean, it's such a sad story. I hope that his family and his friends find peace. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know how to end this. I think it, I think <laughs> that's a good way to end it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, well, I hope you all enjoyed the story and it kind of made you aware of what's going on in Spain. And we can also, I mean, this could happen anywhere. Of course, there's many countries that don't have the rights of Spain for the LGBT community. And we should just, you know, always be fighting for those in danger. Um, so with that being said, uh, if you want to hear more stories like this, make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. Please leave us a rating and you can follow us on Instagram at, at murder show pod. And that way you can keep up with everything that we're doing and the new stories that we have. 
And you can email us any questions, case suggestions at murdershowpod at gmail.com. And we will keep in touch with you guys and give you guys any updates through there. Yes, I think that's it. And then our Patreon is patreon.com slash murdershowpod. Or my, no, it's just murder show, no pod at the end. And that, um, if you like us, then that's the best way to support us. Obviously, we're very young mm-hmm. and just starting out. And so if you'd like to give us a little Kickstarter or a little bit of confidence, that would be great for us. Yeah, maybe we can get better microphones. I think that's where the first <laughs> that's definitely where change it, will go it, to. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so with that all being said, uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Yes, we love you all so much already, even though there's probably no one listening to this yet. But lots of hearts for everyone. Lots of hearts, lots of kisses. Um, always stay informed. Always stay safe. Yeah, watch your back. Seriously. People right now are so crazy after COVID. Everyone is like <laughs> way more aggressive than they were. Just watch out for yourselves. It's the cabin fever. <laughs> Yeah, cabin fever has made people, and they also, people forgot how to be empathetic to strangers, so just be really careful. Right. We need a slogan. I know. And hopefully we'll get a slogan to finish our episode soon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we love all the beautiful little freaks that are loving that like us. Absolutely. Okay, we're actually exiting the show now. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.